how do they fix this thing, right? It can't just be Graham Gano out there booting field goals. At some point, you got to score some points if you want to actually be a legit team that is going to contend for a division title. More on the Giants struggling offense coming up a little bit later in the show. But first of all, it's the Giants Wire podcast. Welcome to the show. Ryan O'Leary here playing host. Joined this week by John Fennelly and Tyler Henry, both our longtime correspondent writers for USA Today's Giants Wire. My usual co-host, Dan Benton, is inactive this week. John, welcome back to the show. Tyler, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me again. Yeah, no, excited to be here. Uh, obviously, first time on the podcast, but uh, it's a good time to be on Giants 2-0 and, and rocking and rolling. Yeah, how you guys feeling about that? The Giants are 2-0. and the Giants, John, I heard you you haven't even picked them yet in either of these games, but here they are, 2-0. <laughs> yeah, I think I picked them in the first game to cover the spread. Last week, I picked them to lose, and they probably should have, but, you know, hey, with this new coach, Brian Dable, they're rolling the dice, and uh, they're going against convention, and, you know, there's a lot of teams out there that play too close to the vest. Giants aren't going to be one of them, and that's exciting to me. If you would have told us going into the season, 2-0 and after two games with you know, Dak Prescott, Cowboys coming up, you know, without Dak, without Dak. Um, and then the, the, obviously the Bears uh, the next week. Uh, you got to be pretty excited about where they're at. 2-0 and is 2-0. and The Giants, they're never 2-0. and Let's be honest, right? It's been since, what was it, 2016 with Eli Manning? It was the last time they were 2-0. and So um, it's exciting. Right. Dayball, as, as you were saying, John, a little bit earlier, Dayball, I mean, one thing he is is consistent, right? One week after Kadarius Toney saw only seven snaps, the Giants gave Kenny Galladay only two snaps in this game against the Panthers. So that means your highest paid player dressed for the game, but he was basically a healthy scratch, wasn't targeted, wasn't part of the game plan, along with Darius Slayton. Those guys weren't really part of the plan. It was David Sills, Sterling Shepard, basically never leaving the field. So Kenny Galladay delegated to a backup. And, you know, Dayball kind of said, hey, this is what we do. We Check it out in practice, and I don't care who you are. The best guys are going to play, and we're going to go with the guys we think give us the best chance to win. That's an old Bill Belichick line. That's obviously where Dayball comes from. But uh, the Giants basically making their highest-paid player a healthy scratch so so David Sills can get some more run is bold, right? So what do you guys think about that? It's, it's just really frustrating. I mean, you, you think about it. They, they spent so much money on this guy, and, and th- there's there was reason behind it. Uh, and obviously it was the old regime who, you know, put the money on this guy and, and brought him in, but he's a big target for Daniel Jones who, who could be, and the talent was there in Detroit. Um, and so it's just really frustrating. However, I will say um, it is just kind of nice. It's kind of a breath of fresh air to see that the head coach isn't going to worry about, you know, who's getting paid. He's going to worry about who's going to get the best chance to win. And uh, so far it has panned out. Uh, and so we, you know, you can't really complain about it. Galladay is what they call a contested catch guy. And what the Giants were thinking back in the Gettleman days is that Daniel Jones throws into tight windows. They needed a receiver who could fight for the ball and come out with it. Dable does not do that. He does not like to throw into traffic. He doesn't want Jones getting into trouble. So Galladay can't get any separation out in running his routes. So he, they can't use him in this offense. They can't even use him in the red zone which is mystifying to me because, you know, how could he not run the guy on a fade, an end zone fade, a corner fade? At least he could do that, but they're not even using him for that. It's it's very, very mystifying to me. As Tyler was saying, it's like Galladay was a rising star with Matt Stafford in the Lions. He just, he was that guy. 
Um, we all wanted him. I remember when the Giants signed him. It wasn't like we were like, oh, what is Gettleman thinking? We were all, you know, basically had our pants off to that that photoshopped photo of Galladay in the Giants uniform. We're all eating yeah. it up. I don't know about you guys, but I was. Uh, well, it looks so 100%. good. Yeah, 100%, Ryan. And I think the, the other thing you got to think about it, it kind of, you sound a little silly saying rising star now, but there, <laughs> there's no doubt about it. He was an absolute stud in Detroit. And like hindsight's twenty twenty, right? And that's why I'm saying you kind of sound silly right now. But at the same time, like he was an absolute stud, a rising star, as you alluded to. But in his last season with Detroit, he had a hip injury that I don't think he ever recovered from. Whatever speed he had and whatever ability he had to separate, uh, it's not there anymore. You know, he's just not the same player. You can see him running routes. He, he's just he's not fluid. Uh, and in the day ball offense, where you're going to do a lot of motion, a lot of crossing, um, you know, he's just not the best candidate. You know, David Sills, a guy who used to be a, a, a college quarterback, uh, is ahead of him on the depth chart right now. Yeah, that's what scares me. And it's great insight by you, John. You know, I just feel like, I, again, I like the consistency. I like that day balls, you know, he's staying in his lane and saying, hey, if you're not practicing, Kadarius uh, Tony, if you're not practicing, you're not playing like we saw against the Titans. And Tony must be exhausted playing all those that 28 snaps. And what was that? Four times the snaps after we, I mean, he must be exhausted, but I just, I look at it. It's like, can you win in this league? Yeah. I, I, and I want to talk about the defense here coming up next, but it's like, can you consistently win scoring 19 or 20 points? No, we know that the giants have been doing that for years. They've been in this offensive rut for years, scoring around 20 well, points a game, right? Not under Tom Coughlin and Kevin Gilbert. Well, that's true. But now we're going way back, John, again, you know, you're, yeah, I mean, no you're the Wiley veteran here. You remember 20, those years. 20, 25, 28 points a game. I mean, you know, and they won Super Bowls. But getting back to Tony, Dan and I always, we have a running total of how many different ailments and injuries he's had since he's come to the Giants. And we're up to nine. He's been on the injury report with nine different ailments slash injuries. This freaking guy. <laughs> exactly. I, I, I don't understand. Every every week, it's something different. Yeah, and I, I want to piggyback off that. And something, Ryan, you, you said, uh, Dave Wall's sticking to the, if you're not practicing, you're not playing. You know, you, you go back to that, that 2008 season where the Giants won the Super Bowl. Um, Plaxico Bears basically didn't practice every week, all week, and ended up playing. Uh, and it's just interesting to see, obviously, the Giants don't have Super Bowl aspirations and and such, but um, it, it's just interesting to see. And and also, you, you also talked about, you know, I, I know you asked kind of, can you score 19, 20 points and win every week? It's not the same game it was 10 years ago. Uh, these teams are, you know, there's a lot of uh, rushing quarterbacks and high-powered, high-scoring offenses, and, and, and that's just not going to work. It's going to catch up with you. But, I mean, you know, Wink-Martindale's system has, has been great so far. And they're, you know, eventually they're going to back, get back their their two top uh, pass rushers. Um, so, you know, we we could see an even better defense than we've seen already. Yeah, I'm I'm worried because can you win can can you win with Kadarius Tony and Galladay on the shelf and you know you're running David Sills and Reggie James? I I don't know. We'll see. But the good news, as Tyler you were saying, is Wink's defense is getting it done. They've only allowed five third down conversions through eight quarters. And again, week one, the Titans. That's a I'm, that's a respectable opponent. They were the number one seed in the AFC last year in the playoffs. The Titans are a respectable team. Uh, the Giants are shutting teams down, and, and obviously they they made Baker Mayfield. I guess they made him look like Baker Mayfield, right, guys, in that game. Mm-hmm. But uh, no Kayvon Thibodeau, no Aziz Ojolari. 
Leonard Williams exited in the third quarter. Looks like he might have avoided a serious knee injury. I'll get you guys to give me an update on that. But, John, let me tee you up for this one. I mean, the defense is looking really good. This seems to be a really good hire bringing Wink Martindale over. And we've barely seen Thibodeau and Ojolari in practice, right? So never mind when they come back what this defense could look like when they actually have a pass rush. We have no idea what Thibodeau is. He played, what, X amount of snaps before he hurt his knee in the preseason. Ojolari, we know what he is. Uh, but again, he's not on the field. Uh, we don't know if he's going to play this week. Probably not. Uh, we haven't heard anything. I mean, Wednesday is the first injury report of the week, so that's today. So we'll find out later. But um, the Martindale defense is not based on linebackers or pass rush anyway. Pass rushers anyway. It's based on safeties. And they've got two excellent safeties. Julian Love just might be one of the most underrated football players in the league right now. The guy can do everything. And Xavier McKinney, is he's got to be a pro bowler. I mean, the guy is amazing. He's all over the place. He's good in coverage. He's good down low in the box. Uh, you know, they stole him in the second round. He's a first-round talent. And when they got him in the second round, everyone said biggest deal of the draft. This guy's a top-half first-round pick, and he's proving to be so. So then they got this kid, Belton played his first game last week. He looked good also. So, you know, the, the tail wags the dog in the Martindale defense because the safeties run their show, and they've got three good ones, it looks like. So that's why they're doing so well. Tyler, what are you hearing about Leonard Williams? Looks like he did avoid a serious knee injury. It's reported as a sprained MCL, so that's good news. Yeah, for sure. I think um, I think a couple of things. I mean, John hit the nail on the head there. Uh, you know, this this defense, the, the system is built around, you know, the speed of the defensive backs and um, his blitzing system. Um, you know, you, you look at the line, though, I, I do want to kind of mention, you know, Leonard Williams was playing great. Uh, I know Giants fans still can't let go of the trade that, you know, in the losing season, but he's been great for them. Uh, he's been healthy for them uh, ever since he got on the team. And, and the first two games of the season has been no um, – no outlier there. He's he's been great. Um, and the other the other guy is uh, you know Oshin Zimenez, who's been you know great in the absence of of the two guys we talked about. But as far as Leonard Williams goes, uh, you know, like John was saying, we'll we'll get an uh, an update on his injury as the uh, week progresses. But uh, for now, you just got to hope and pray that you know we can have him um, in there and and continuing to do what he's done already. Well, the Giants are 2-0. and That's a good place to be. Defense looking good. Offense, not so much. We'll get into that. Tiki Barber thinks the Giants should uh, go all in on signing Lamar Jackson. I want to get the guy's take on that here coming up. But first, our friends over at TheHuddle.com are going to give us their fantasy plays of the week. Check that out. We'll be right back. This is the Typical Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Let's make this interesting. Interesting. Corey Benini with TheHuddle.com here to bring you strong plays for week number three. Quarterback Jared Goff, Detroit Lions at Minnesota Vikings. While it has been a small sample size, Goff has shown enough in the first couple of weeks to give gamers a little bit of hope that he could be a streaming option in Week 3. He has six touchdown passes versus just one interception and is coming off a QB6 finish a week ago. And there's a pretty good shot at a multi-touchdown effort from Goff, and don't be shocked if he approaches 300 yards. Indianapolis Colts running back Naheem Hines versus the Kansas City Chiefs. If the Chiefs can hang points early and force Indy to abandon the running game, this could be a big week for Hines through the air. Despite what we've seen through two games, we're inclined to give Indy a little more credit, especially if star linebacker Shaquille Leonard can get back into the mix. There's even more upside for Hines if wide receiver Michael Pittman Jr. isn't available once more. 
Either way, Kansas City has given up the most receptions and the third highest yardage outputs to running backs through the air this season. Hines is a reasonable PPR play out of the flex spot. Wide receiver Jacoby Myers, Patriots versus Ravens. The favorite target of quarterback Mac Jones has a fine matchup ahead, and that's not an overreaction to what Miami did to Baltimore in Week 2. Baltimore gave up four different wide receiver performances of at least 8.7 PPR points to the Jets in Week 1, including a 6-catch, 77-yard showing by Corey Davis, which should be in line with Myers' floor in this one, especially if the Ravens can jump out to a substantial lead. Los Angeles Rams tight end Tyler Higby at Arizona Cardinals. While his career has been defined by inconsistency, we've seen enough through two games to suggest that he'll continue to be involved in the offense at least to a large enough degree to warrant fantasy consideration. His 20 targets lead all tight ends, and his 26.3% target share is number two at the position. Only two tight ends have more than his 12 receptions. Meanwhile, Arizona has allowed the most fantasy points to tight ends by a wide margin, despite being one of the strongest units in 2021. Ride the hot hand and take advantage of the matchup while you can. For more award-winning fantasy football tips, news, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522. 4700 in Colorado. All right, we're back. As discussed, the offense has been kind of sputtering along, although Saquon was freaking amazing in week one. But, you know, there's been there's been moments, but it hasn't been perfect. The Giants aren't scoring a lot of points. They're winning on defense. Whatever. They're 2-0, right? But Lamar Jackson, a giant. Tiki Barber uh, thinks the Giants should go all in on signing Lamar Jackson this offseason. He says that the Giants have, you know, around 80 million in cap space next year, so they can essentially, quote, do whatever they want. He thinks the Giants should give Lamar close to that guaranteed deal that Deshaun Watson got from Cleveland. Uh, I think a lot of things would have to happen for this to even be a reality, uh, including the Ravens would have to, like, let this happen because they could always franchise tag Lamar Jackson. But still, Tiki Barber, he's getting rid of Daniel Jones, Tyler. He wants Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson in a Giants uniform, that would be freaking fun. You know, it's a lot of speculation, but what do you think of Tiki Barber's uh, idea here? Do you, do you think the Giants should go all in on Lamar Jackson if they have that chance? Yeah, I mean, that's a much simpler question than, you know, the, the reality <laughs> right. of the situation, <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. Like, yeah, of course, let's go in on one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But, I mean, you look at it, right, on, on so many levels. I mean, first of all, uh, the cap situation that the Giants are in and the rebuilding state that they're in. Uh, now, you get a quarterback like Lamar Jackson, that, that turns it around in a heartbeat. And it's just funny that we're talking about Lamar Jackson and Dan's not with us this week because uh, he's always comparing the turnovers of Daniel Jones to, to, to Lamar Jackson. We all know Dan's a huge, uh, you know, Daniel Jones advocate. So, um, yeah, I mean, the other thing that to, to really think about is just that, like, when's the last time a big – obviously there was a lot of quarterback movement this past offseason, but when's the last time a big-name quarterback, like, hit the open market um, – and really cashed in. I mean, that was Kirk Cousins, and, you know, we all saw how he he did um, on Monday night. Um, but, you know, it's it's fun to talk about. Um, but, again, like like you mentioned, like he would have to, you know, the Ravens would have to let him go on, on some level, um, whether it be, you know, not just letting him test the free agent market, but also not franchising him. So uh, there's a lot that goes into that. I don't 
see it happening. But uh, again, it's just kind of fun to talk about right now. Yeah, I you know I agree with that. I you know it, it's for Baltimore to let Lamar Jackson go is like franchise suicide. Why would you do it? I mean, look at what the guy did last week. He ran seventy nine yards for a touchdown. I mean, who's the last quarterback to do that besides him? Steve Young. And where is Steve Young right now? He's in the Hall of Fame. So. Yeah, I just I, I don't see that happening. <laughs> I don't see I don't either. I it just it, I don't yeah. see. But it was just a fun topic that popped up on Giants Wire. Oh yeah, well we Tiki had, Barber likes yeah. to stir the pot. He does. Know, my my yeah. old friend Tiki. He's nominated for the Hall of Fame, by the way. Again, so we'll see if anybody votes for him. But uh, you know, as a broadcaster and a radio host, uh, he's been quite controversial and a little uh, out there with some of his predictions. Yeah, a little cuckoo, right? Yeah, and, and Tyler, you're so yeah. right. If Dan was on this show, he would be um he would be like, I don't want LeBron Jackson. I want Daniel Jones, you know. And then we'd be like, What Dan? Huh? Huh? What? So yeah, so it's it is fun watching Dan fight Giants Twitter um and, and back back Daniel Jones. It's one of my I favorite mean, things. I, yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Me too. Yeah, I don't know if it would be quite I, I want Daniel Jones over Lamar Jackson. Uh the guy's not here to defend himself. Let's not uh, let's not go down that path. But uh, no. <laughs> he's definitely a Daniel Jones defender, and uh, you know, rightfully so in in some regards. Yes, feel better soon, Dan. And um, so, speaking of Daniel yeah. Jones and the actual real Giants and uh, the, their actual offense, obviously, nineteen points against the Panthers, only one touchdown, two hundred sixty-five offensive yards, uh, only three point eight yards per play. Not pretty. It, it was hard to watch at times, and. That's kind of what we're used to with the Giants offense, right? It's hard to watch at times. Um, How do they fix this thing? How do they fix this thing, right? It can't just be Graham Gano out there booting field goals. At some point, you got to score some points if you want to actually be a legit team that is going to contend for a division title and be a legit, you know, winning. I mean, they're 2-0, but like they're not scoring any points. So I still look at it with like the side eye. You know what I mean? Um, So, John, help me fix the offense. Well, right now it's... You know, offense and defense is both situational. They go into every week, look at the opponent, and look for their weaknesses and strengths, and they formulate their game plan based on that. The way to fix it is, you know, over two or three years, accumulating talent. Uh, The talent that they need to get what they want to get done, done. They don't have that on their roster right now. That's why they re-signed Sterling Shepard or extended him, because he's one of the only guys who is productive. The only problem with Shepard is he gets hurt a lot. Uh, Galladay was never a fit. Slayton was never a fit. Any of these vertical receivers, they're not a fit in the Dable offense. So right now I think they're going to need another draft to get some offensive talent. Plus, they still have an interior offensive line problem. John Feliciano is not a real center. He's an interior lineman snapping the ball. So they've got to get themselves a real center and work from there. I think they solved some of their guard problems, but you need a solid center. You need a guy who has been playing center since he's eight years old, you know, like a Creed Humphrey, uh, you know, somebody like that. They don't have that, and they haven't had that in a while. Yeah, I think, Tyler, when you look at the way this game played out, the opening kickoff, the Giants get, they force a fumble on on special teams, and what a moment that is, mm-hmm. and you settle yeah. for three, right? And that's, I think, the main thing that's got to change is they just have to start – once you got when you got your opponent down like that, you got to make them pay. You can't rely on, like I said, Gano kicking fifty yard field goals. It's just not, it's not sustainable, right? That was disappointing. Opening kickoff, turnover, Giants got the ball, huge momentum swing, and then you just—it's a gut punch when you kick a field goal there. Um, so just uh, 
what do you think about the offense and the struggles you're seeing? It's been, you know, up and down to say the least. Yeah, I, I think a couple things. I think John John's dead on, and I think, you know, when you're talking about the future, you got to keep building the offensive line, um, and and you know we'll, we'll see what happens with Saquon as well. Um, and, and if Daniel Jones is there's so much past this year, but getting into this year, um, yeah, it's it's really frustrating. It seems like you know we watched the whole first half and it seemed like pretty dead and. I think you're actually underselling that the, the fact that they didn't just get the ball off a turnover on the opening drive, but the first two drives, the Panthers gave the ball right back to the Giants. And to only come away with six points was so frustrating. It was like, we should be up by so much more than this. And, and it just didn't work out. Um, and then, you know, there were a couple drives in the second half where it just seemed to click. And I'm not sure if that was fatigue by the defense or they just started to um, kind of figure it out. I think a lot of simple-minded fans forget that, you know, during the first quarter and the first half of a game, it's a lot of feeling out. It's a lot of bend, but don't break kind of, kind of, you know, you don't want to give up big plays or, you know, turn the ball over. So it's kind of reading what the offense and the defense is throwing at you. Um, but as far as fixing the offense, I mean, they, they have to, the, first of all, the offensive line has to play better. How do you do that uh, without, you know, getting more players? Uh, you got to figure out, you know, these guys have to start, you know, building some chemistry together, um, you know, continue to learn the playbook together and, and really start to, you know, bolster themselves as a unit together to work. You know, I know I've said the word, this word a lot together. They have to play together. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the receivers, I mean, you know, we've already talked about Tony and, and Galladay and all that jazz, you know, this is a, a, a scheme and, and John hit it again with, with the, the um, situational uh, type of play, um, they're probably not going to bring in another guy. Uh, you know, we always talk about Odell in our in our Giants Wire chat and all these free agent receivers. We kind of got to let that go because the thing John always brings back to earth and he says, they have no money, guys. We're, like, who are they going to sign? So I would just say that the, the offense just needs to keep working together and obviously the offensive line just needs to play better. We see what Daniel Jones can do when he has time. Um, and so they just need to keep working at it. Um, and, and you're right though. They do need to score more points. Yeah. I think the O line's a good segue into another point I wanted to get to. And John, let me get you in here. Um, you know, Evan Neal had a little bit of trouble against the, the Panthers have a good rusher in Brian Burns. He's been around and Evan Neal had a, some rookie moments there. Uh, but the good news is, um, Andrew Thomas is like his ascension is very real, right? He's grading out really well. I think he's like the highest graded offensive lineman on PFF or something. Maybe you guys can correct me there, but, uh, and, and, and Evan, Evan Neal's like fifth or sixth. Okay. Yeah. So he, it's not like he yeah. sucks. He oh. just, you know, just had some moments right. in that game. So what are you seeing from the rookie? Andrew Thomas, his ascension is very real. You were talking about the interior, but the tackles, they seem like, you know, they got young guys, but they seem like they're heading in the right direction. Oh yeah. I mean, they're both naturally talented and huge. So that helps. Uh, it's just the speed of the game for Neil, I think. He just has to acclimate to the speed of the game. A guy like Burns, I mean, it's tough for anybody to block him. But once you get – just like baseball, you know, you get used to 100-mile-an-hour pitching. He'll get used to it, and he'll be able to seal that guy off and be able to bull him. They're going to play uh, Micah Parsons this week, and they're going to find out another level of speed and strength. So, you know, with each game – He'll learn more and more. He'll get better each game. I'm not worried. Giants coming home Monday night football. Dallas is on the schedule. Giants are favorites to beat the Cowboys and quarterback Cooper Rush and improve to 3-0. and 
We're going to talk about that game and the spread. But first, our friends over at the Bet Slip and Podcast have a free play for us. So check out the free play. And then we'll be back to talk Cowboys Giants. This is the typical sports book minute. Let's make this interesting. Hello, hello. This is Nathan Beagley here with the Bet Slippin' Podcast. I'm here to break down the Packers Bucks as our game of the week. We are using odds provided by Typico Sportsbook. New users from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Terms and conditions apply. 21 plus. See site for details. Get your bonus today at usabet.com slash podcast. All right, on to the game. The Bucks have won two straight low-scoring, grinded-out type games and their defense is the real deal. They're led by an elite secondary and a front line that is the most sacks per game in the NFL. Mike Evans out will open up a favorably price point for Tom Brady, Leonard Fournette, and a nasty defense. The Bucks were 8-2 against the spread as home favorites last season and should keep that success rolling this year. Take Bucks minus 2.5 against the Packers this Sunday. That was your typical Sportsbook Minute. For a limited time, new users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. Perfect timing for the Giants, guys, to be on Monday Night Football 2-0. Big division game here against Dallas. Uh, as I said earlier, Giants, two-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Dak Prescott out. Cooper Rush in. Uh, the Giants, that means they're favored to be 3-0. and Can you imagine the Giants being 3-0? and Last year at this time, the Giants were 0-3, and, and Dan and I were declaring the season over at this time last year. We're in a much different spot. That's, that's great to be in. Speaking of Dan... He texted me during the show, guys, telling me that he's picking the Cowboys. <laughs> so Dan is picking the Cowboys. Dan, feel better. Right. I, know, I know you're not feeling good, so get some rest. You're picking the Cowboys. What are you doing, Dan? Uh, what do you guys think about this matchup? Dan has the Cowboys. He usually is pretty good at picking the Giants, uh, and he got last week's game right. But what do you guys think? And Tyler, we'll start with you. Yeah, I think, I think this is going to be a tough one. I, I, the Cowboys defense uh, looked really good against the Bengals. Um, it's going to be a tough one. I, I, it's really hard, you know, and I know it's, it's all where we're at now. Right. So it really doesn't matter the past two games it's, it's going into this game, but they do have momentum going into this game. But even so um, I just don't, I don't see them being three, and Uh I wish I could say differently, um, but I, I see this one kind of being a tight game, but I just don't see the offense being able to uh, put enough points together um, to beat the Cowboys and, and uh, and their defense. All right, we'll see if the Giants wire guys are mm. all aligned on this. We know how Dan feels. We know how Tyler feels. Now, now, John, Cowboys are thin along the offensive line. They're thin at wide receiver. Dak Prescott yeah. is out. It's going to be Cooper Rush. Yeah. Um, are you picking the well, Cowboys we as well? He was here two years ago. He was a Giants backup two years ago. He's okay. He's not very, you know, he's a, he's a backup. Uh, but if, when you look at this game, the Giants played two games. The Cowboys played two games, and all four of those games went under. So the over/under is only thirty-nine and a half, and they think it's probably going to get down to about thirty-seven. So that shows you there won't be a lot of points in this game. This could be a thirteen-ten game, and whoever has the ball last wins type of thing. Um, both offensive lines are not that good. The, both offensive lines can't handle the other team's front. We know that. Even the Giants without Williams. 
are pretty tough because Lawrence is good, and they, they, they have Ellis, and they also have the rookie Davidson, who are playing very well, by the way. Um, so I think this will be a tough game. It'll be Points will be hard to come by, and whoever has the ball last will probably win. And, uh, you know, it'll be like, it could be like last week's game with Dallas and Cincinnati. They had the ball last. But we know the Giants kicker, Gano, can kick from pretty far out. So, hey, I'm not predicting the Giants win, but I'm not predicting they lose either. All right, so John Fennelly riding the fence. See who plays. <laughs> All right, riding the fence like plays. the best of us. It's only Wednesday, so, you know, we got to get the injury reports. Of course, yeah. John, you want all the information. You want all the information. I need it all. Yes, I, you know, yes. I don't bet. I'm the guy at the track <laughs> who's at the window, you know, two minutes to post before I make my bet. I like that. I like that. Well, you're, so, you, it was a good point about the total. It's the it's tied for the lowest total on the slate with Brown Steelers. So, yeah, no points <laughs> in, the, in the Giants. That's another yes. bond burn. <laughs> They're gonna, the Giants will release their secret weapon, Gano, at some point in this ballgame. Uh it's interesting. I think Giants fans probably looking at this like, well, at least Dak's out and at least Amari Cooper's in Cleveland and Michael Gallup's not back. Like, at least that. So, and our defense has been playing well. So maybe we, we can win this game. And then the Cowboys fans are probably giddy to see the Giants popping up because the sky was falling after week one when they lost to Tampa Bay and Dak Prescott was hurt and he was, mm-hmm. you know, originally he was out for six weeks. And then you beat Cincinnati and now it's like, oh, now we have the Giants. We can beat the Giants. Oh, oh, we're going to be two and one. But think about this, Ryan. Cincinnati's defense is nowhere near as good as the Giants right now. I agree. Okay. And Dallas had a difficult time with them throughout the game, and they're going to have a really difficult time with the Giants. So that's why I'm saying probably you're looking at 13, 10, maybe even 10, 7. I'm always terrible to to pick the under when the total's under forty, but yeah, this I agree with you, John. This might be one of those games. <laughs> I still there's not going to be a lot of points scored in this one, especially in New York. You know, if it was if yeah, it was in Dallas, maybe terrible in the red zone. Too, yep. So yep. Yep. It's not good. One thing that'll be fun about this game, Tyler, is the whiteout. Right, the Giants are bringing that thing back. Yeah. So I, I just think it's really exciting. I know that you know <clears throat> we we haven't seen the Giants be one and out in forever. Um, you know, since 2016, but it feels like a lot longer. Um, and, and I think only twice in the last 10 years or something like that. So, um, obviously, you know, the giants being relevant, uh, this early in the season and not, as you said before, the season over kind of feeds into that. Um, but I do, I do know somebody on the chain gang, uh, at MetLife. He does the, uh, he does the giant games and he did say, uh, the, the crowd was into it loudest. It's been in years, good blue energy. Definitely. And I think Panthers coach Matt Rule would co-sign on that. And another thing that'll be cool for fans um, that are at the game, uh, John, is the uh, the Ring of Honor is going to be happening at halftime. So the Hall of Fame and the Giants have quite a few uh, players in this class. And you're working on some stuff on uh, on Giants Wire this week, right? So give me give me the lowdown on what's coming in terms of the Ring of Honor. Yeah, the Ring of Honor will be halftime Monday night against the Cowboys, and it'll be four running backs. It'll be Joe Morris, Otis Anderson, Rodney Hampton, and Kyle Rote. Um, it will also be uh, Ronnie Bonds, who's head of medical services for the Giants. He's been there over 40-some-odd years. Uh, Leonard Marshall, the great defensive end, finally going in the ring of honor. And uh, Jimmy Patton, who was a uh, defensive back in the 50s and 60s for the Giants, who was long forgotten and probably should be in the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame. Because he's the only defensive back who was a five-time first-team All-Pro who's not in the Hall of Fame. So uh, it's good to see him finally get recognized. 
that's our show for this week. Uh, Tyler, thanks for joining the uh, program this week, man. I hope you had fun. Yeah, I had a blast. I uh, hope to be back on, and uh, thanks for having me, and go Giants. And John, good to have you back, my man. It's always good to get your wisdom, your knowledge, <laughs> you know. Um, well, it's just good, good to stuff talk as always. football with you guys. You know, Dan might, might check out permanently from this. After this show. <laughs> yeah, he's going he's he gonna to delegate. He, 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 may, he may dodge it completely. He's going to be like, yeah, that sounded good, guys. Why don't you hook up with Ryan next week as well? That's right. Yeah, that, that, that sounds like a Dan, Dan move. <laughs> well, maybe we can keep bringing you guys on and, you know, maybe have, a, you know, one, one week, one the next. I don't care. You know, the more the merrier. It's always fun. It's all inclusive here on the Giants Wire podcast. And uh, uh, but for the guys, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks for joining us. Hit subscribe. We'll have to check on Dan, see if he can be back next week. Uh, but we'll talk to you then after Giants Cowboys. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.